Good morning and welcome to AC23, the podcast for the Arts Council of Greater Baton Rouge. I'm your host, Pam Bordelon, and joining me this morning is Sarah Gardner with the Baton Rouge Area Foundation. Welcome, Sarah. Good morning, Pam. Thank you so much for having me. So I was at the DDD meeting earlier this week and you were talking about the project that BRAF is spearheading to renovate, show a little TLC to some of the magnificent public art that we have in the city. So what can you tell us about that? Yeah, it's absolutely one of my favorite projects going on right now. I work in a department at the Baton Rouge Area Foundation called Civic Leadership Initiatives. And we largely identify the work we do as focusing on quality of life. Um, Generally and historically, it's focused on education, transportation, and healthcare. But the general gist is that it's all things that impact quality of life here in Baton Rouge. Mm -hmm. And as I'm sure anybody (laughs) listening to AC23 and everybody involved with the Arts Council knows, um, art is such a way to enhance quality of life. And we think that public art is really important for showing pride in our community and an Mm -hmm. enhancement of our culture. So we um, haven't had a ton of experience in the past with public art, but we have this one statue called Recast of Hebe that the foundation was loosely involved in restoring in the early 2000s. But we haven't really touched art restoration since then. And mm-hmm. in 2018 or 19, we noticed that the Martin Luther King monument in between the River Center and City Hall was looking to be in pretty tough shape. And so my boss, John Spain, reached out to Renee Chatelaine mm-hmm. and asked if there were ways that we could partner and get things restored. And that really kicked off the work that you got to hear about at our DDD meeting, where yeah. so far we've restored four pieces of art and we have more on the list that we're hoping to tackle with some great collaborations with folks like you guys at the arts council the city ddd and all with private funding um so it's all philanthropy based private donations and corporate donations so it's exciting to enhance this without having to touch taxpayer dollars too absolutely because you know people can get all excited because oh they're here and we've got these beautiful sculptures mosaics whatever it is and then it's just like they're there, and, and you f- people forget about it, but you can't just, you know, hang it on a wall or put it up, and it's got to realize it's sitting out in the elements, so it's going to need a little TLC. Yeah, my line is generally, you know, just like an automobile needs annual maintenance yeah. and oil change, things like that, so does the art. Um, mm-hmm. Both those held indoors and outdoors, but a lot of the works that we've touched are outdoor 3D sculptures, and, you know, it's no secret Louisiana climate. It's yeah. it's harsh on humans. It's harsh on art. <laughs> it's it harsh is, on everything. It is no place to be. I think if you uh, stood outside 24-7, 365, yeah. you'd want a little bit of care every now Let's and again, just too. Just a tad. Just, yeah. If you just did nothing but the month of July, months of July and August, August. you need some tears. Yeah, let alone all 12 months. <laughs> yep. So what projects, what specifically pieces of art have you guys dealt with already? Yeah, absolutely. So the first one I mentioned was the Martin Luther King Monument. This -hmm. was by New Orleans-based artist Arthur Silverman, and that was the very first work that we tackled. Um, We did that first thing in 2021 and were able to unveil and rededicate that monument in April of 2021. And then uh, later that summer, we assessed 25 additional works of art in and around the city. Most of them are in downtown, but they kind of stretch and bleed on that line a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And from that, we identified nine that we kind of classified as a phase two of our art restoration. So we've tackled three of those nine so far. The first one uh, was by, we claim as a local artist, Frank Hayden, not originally from here, but um, definitely settled his roots here, was a prolific professor, 
taught at Southern. Yeah. Hopefully, uh, folks have heard about Frank Hayden. If they haven't, I would encourage you guys to go look him up. Um, But no, the first piece we did was the head of Oliver Pollock or tribute to Oliver Pollock, depending on uh, which Mm -hmm. sources you pull from. (laughs) And then we did the fountain that's adjacent to that. It's called Marcha de Galvez. And so those are kind of sister pieces. And we also did recast of Hebe. So I mentioned Braff in the early 2000s helped recast this piece, but now we actually helped restore it 20 years later. So those are the three pieces that we've touched in our new phase, plus MLK. We're on four, and we're uh, in the process of coordinating with y'all at Arts Council, with the city, with our art restorationist, Susie Anders, to identify plans for the other pieces on our list. Okay. So tell me me why these pieces are significant. What what makes... The head, the, the head of Oliver Pollock. I mean, why do we have this guy hanging out in our city? <laughs> yeah, so the interesting thing about Oliver Pollock is that it's believed to be the only statue or monument in honor of him. He's mm-hmm. a largely unknown character. Yeah. Um, but Oliver Pollock is credited with financing a significant portion of the American Revolution. Okay. Uh, and specifically, he was in cahoots with a gentleman named Bernardo de Galvez, who was one of the Spanish mayors of Spanish Louisiana. And so as the war was coming to a head, he helped pay for some soldiers and other aspects of the war. And there was a march of militiamen, um, both those in Louisiana, Spanish militiamen and you know everyday commoners that had a call to arms okay. they marched from new orleans over to Baton rouge and they were able to actually seize one of the british encampments that was a really important turning point in the war okay. um, and it's interesting because most people don't know that this march happened most no. people don't know that it happened just you know right around downtown Baton Rouge. It's yeah. really an interesting I mean, piece of history. The, the Battle of Baton Rouge, which was, you know, fought during the Civil War, but I never mm-hmm. thought about the American Revolution. And when you talked about the March of Galvez, I figured they were just coming in here to take over here. You yeah, don't realize no, they're coming s- to make us free. Sta- standing the ground. <laughs> um, and what's interesting, too, about Oliver Pollock is that because he finance he's you know how do you finance a war like that right <laughs> so he had a good standing There's some people i'd love to ask but never mind <laughs> right he had, he had good standing in mexico did a lot of trading okay. uh, south of louisiana and as a result the currency of choice was pesos okay. and he was notorious for having pretty scribbly handwriting and so the p and the s is how he abbreviated pesos and they blended together and now he's credited with the u.s dollar sign okay. so he's actually you know kind of the maker of that moniker we use all the time yeah so it's really interesting to have that that monument and that bit to honor him right here, but especially when you meld it with the fact that it's uh, was created and forged by Frank Hayden, who yeah. has so much amazing art in the city, but to have it right here downtown, uh, it's exciting to get to look at it and to know that we get to honor part of Baton Rouge's past. Yeah. So th- I, I don't think this is the only Frank Hayden that's in downtown. No. There, there are several or, or some other of those on the, on the list. Yes. Yeah, so the, Oliver Pollock and March de Galvez, the sister pieces, are both by Hayden. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also red. There are two pieces titled Red Stick mm-hmm. in the Capitol area. One is on the levee, yeah, and one is at Southern's campus. And there are multiple pieces. Um, one called Lift Every Voice. Uh, all, there are all kinds of beautiful pieces, especially on Southern's campus. That I would encourage okay. anybody looking for a little bit of walk around time. Go to his, you know, go to Southern's campus. Go out on the bluffs, and it's yeah. it's beautiful. He's got great art to look at. Yeah. So um, where exactly? is this head of Oliver Pollock and the March of Galvez. Because yes. I think people, it, it's just here, so people don't necessarily know where to go to find see it. it. It's just, you know, I, I know there's something over here, but what is it? Yeah, absolutely. Thing? So um, if you guys 
are familiar with the stage where Live After Five is. It's in between the old Capitol and the new downtown library. Okay. Um, it's called Galvez Plaza, adjacent to Davis Rora Plaza. Um, that's where Marcia de Galvez and head of Oliver Pollock are. Okay. And then he, recast of Hebe, which is the third piece in our most recent edition of Art mm-hmm. Restoration, is just on the street between the 19th Judicial District Court and the City Club. Okay. In the middle of the median on North Boulevard. Okay. And then the Martin Luther King Monument, the first piece we were able to restore, is located in between City Hall and the River Center Theater, kind of on a plaza over there. So if you are familiar, we also have four works by Ivan Meshtovic. They're Mm -hmm. included in the assessment we did in the summer of 2021 that we've got slated for restoration. Mm -hmm. Those are also in a similar position between City Hall and the new theater, but it's called Meshtovic Plaza. And uh, Davis Rohr was really instrumental in making sure that those pieces were preserved and installed there for everyone to see. City owes that man more than we could ever pay him. (laughs) It's it's unreasonable how much his love for the city overflowed. And, you know, I had the joy of working with him on our MLK committee. And so it was exciting to hear him talk about the way DDD was involved in preservation of that artwork so that we can come along and eventually restore it and make sure the city can appreciate it and that it reflects artist intent as well. I think that's a a big thing we've wanted to keep talking top of mind during Mm -hmm. these restorations is um, ensuring that we restore the work to how the artist intended for it to exist in the space and for the public to interact with it. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've, I interacted with David for 30 plus years and, watched from basically when DDD was him. Yeah. Davis is, <laughs> and, is and a how father downtown. Brought, that's and for how sure. he brought downtown to where it is today has just been if you ever need proof that one human being can make a great change, you just need to take a look at his life because he left quite a legacy. Yeah. Quite a legacy. So um what I'm gonna be stupid here and play uh, you know, devil's advocate. So what is what is the significance in Hebe? Hebe has a hilarious story. I think, I think it's hilarious. Uh, so Hebe was commissioned in the early nineteen, early to mid-1920s. I don't have a specific date in okay. my brain on that one. Um, but if you do a little bit of research, you'll find that Hebe is um, oftentimes linked with being the goddess of wine. Um, okay. And coincidentally, she was commissioned by the Women's Temperance Union, <laughs> not realizing that she was affiliated <laughs> with wine. And so Hebe was originally part of a... A community fountain. So she had uh, all these cups attached to chains that were kind of linked to the okay. pedestal at the bottom and members of the community could come up and scoop out some water, refresh themselves on a hot day. And they okay. thought, how how much better could we serve our community than to make sure that they are sustained with nourishing water on a hot Louisiana day? One more example that God does have a sense of humor. Right? And then they, they cast her and found out what it was. And uh, it's really funny that o- over the, you know, 70, 80 years between when Hebe was initially cast and installed in Baton Rouge yeah. to when she was recast, she'd been subject to significant damage. She'd lost some fingers or arms. Yeah. Um, so the interesting story with Hebe is not necessarily that she reflects or honors any one historical figure mm-hmm. in quite the same way that Pollock or Marcia de Galvez do. Um, but it's, I think, a hilarious story of, the, of that past. And we were actually able to find the original foundry that forged Hebe oh, and wow. get her recast. So oh, we cool. call her recast of Hebe because it wasn't a restoration on the original bronze body, okay. but rather a recast of the same figure. Okay. That's kind of so, cool. No, I always chuckle at that one. Yeah, that's... Uh, <laughs> I, mean, I was like, okay, am I missing something? I, I know I've heard that name, but why? No, I mean, they just saw, you know, 
nice, kind woman with a fountain serving others. Cups. <laughs> did did not dig a little deeper into that one, but I've always gotten a kick out of the Hebe story. That is that is a trip. That is a trip. So, okay, what? Uh, if somebody would like to help with this process, how could they? How can they do that? Yeah, absolutely. So we have an art restoration support fund set up at the Baton Rouge Area Foundation. Mm-hmm. We would absolutely welcome any donations if you're interested in supporting this work. Uh, as I mentioned at the start of our podcast, this is completely funded by philanthropy and mm-hmm. uh, corporate or private donations. So you're welcome to reach out to me at the foundation. My uh, email is s gardner g a r d n e r at braf.org and I can point you in the right direction okay. or you can just call the front line and we'll make sure you get to the right place. But okay. um, other than that, we'd love for you to just keep up with us on social media. We're sharing updates as we restore new work. It's uh, as we mentioned at the start mid August. So it's pretty hot right now. Yeah. We've kind of taken a break for the summer for the safety of our yeah. art restorationists and the fact that most of our work is outdoors, mm-hmm. um, but we're hoping to kick off with some new restorations in the fall okay. and, you know, keep up with us on our social media pages, Baton Rouge area foundation. We're on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all, all the places the you hope to find us. <laughs> and uh, we love sharing our progress okay. and our stories there. So who is actually doing the the restoration work. I know you mentioned some gentleman who's kind of renowned in that field that's been lending his expertise to yeah, us. Yeah, that's correct. So we were able to bring a gentleman in named Andrew Baxter to help us with the head of Oliver Pollock. He is, as far as we know, the only person to have restored that work in the past. It was in approximately 1998. And he is known for his bronze restoration work. But we've primarily been partnering with a local restorationist named Susie Anders. Okay. Um, she is equally skilled in mm-hmm. in her rights but as Andrew has worked his way towards retirement or just in general taking on a lighter workload he wanted to share his knowledge with Susie and they had a great partnership and they co-restored head of Oliver Pollock okay. and then Susie utilized the skills that she learned from Andrew paired with those that she had already known or developed mm-hmm. to work on Marcha de Galvez and Hebe so okay. we're really excited about her ability to take his proprietary methods and implement them here and really have her become our local expert yeah trained by someone who's so nationally renowned as That's- well Put another feather in Baton Rouge's cap. Yeah, we're we excited like, to further that skill set here. We like that. So uh, I know that um, you're kind of tweaking on how the March of Galvez is going to be displayed. If memory serves me correct, you talked about that. Yeah, you have a great memory. <laughs> so um, for those of you who haven't been to the piece yet, March of Galvez also has a water feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a small pool in the front of the piece, and overall it, it's a very long, kind of wide mm-hmm piece of artwork and when the fountain was originally installed there was the water feature flowed from the left side of the piece down along a wall and then into the reflection pool in front and when the Gavas Plaza was restructured the fountain was restructured as well so that water flows along the back of the piece and as I understand it original intent was for it to be a nice gentle peaceful trickle when reality is now that the fountain jets behind this artwork have the shower pressure everyone wishes they had at their house. <laughs> it's, a, it's a little bit stronger than I think was originally intended. And as yeah. a result, the bronze artwork has actually been exposed to significantly more water 
than initially intended. Yeah. And part of it, too, is because it is a public fountain or a public pool area, it has to be chemically treated to ensure that the water stays at a safe level. So yeah. that's been a little bit abrasive on the metal. And um, we've been coordinating with the city and DDD and other partners have provided us with the initial plans for rerouting so that we can hopefully restore the original fountain configuration. And again, okay. this goes back to the artist intent aspect, right? We want to mm-hmm. make sure that we're honoring how the artist had intended for this piece to interact with the environment that it's been built into. And it also preserves the life of the work. So okay. that's a work in progress. I don't have a clear due date for yeah. you on that yet. That's but like, definitely yeah. keep an eye out. The work itself is restored. And now we're working on rerouting the fountain. Okay. So um, aside, is this your, this cannot be your only project because I know John Spain and he's a tough <laughs> taskmaster. So what what else are you working on over at the, uh, at BRAF these days? Yeah, we're working on a lot. Um we as an organization are in the middle of a strategic planning process, so we're kind of all hands on deck. Our civic leadership team in particular, there are four of us, and we're working on a multitude of projects. I also lead some work on expanding access to autism resources, mm-hmm. and we have um, transportation alternatives. So I'm sure you guys have heard about the passenger rail yeah. between Baton Rouge and New Orleans. Um, really exciting news we just got not we, the city of Baton Rouge and the city of Gonzales were just awarded a $20 million grant to help build out some stations that when the train gets going, we've got a place to board the train, Yay! uh, which is very, very exciting. Um, Just in general, community revitalization, health district, criminal justice reform. Mm -hmm. Um, So through one of our nonprofits that we started, the Criminal Justice Coordinating Council, we've been able to safely reduce the prison population by about 40% in the past five years okay. without seeing a serious uptick in crime. So, uh, you know, it definitely sp- spreads across all kinds of topical areas. Okay. Prison reform and art are very different, but at mm-hmm. the end of the day, we think that it improves the life of lives of those in our community. Absolutely. So we're excited to be working there. So in case there's somebody who's listening or maybe a first-time listener or some first-time person just moving to Baton Rouge, uh, the Reader's Digest version or the two-minute version of what what is Baton Rouge Area Foundation? I mean, what is it? How did it come to be? Yeah, absolutely. So I always say that the Baton Rouge Area Foundation is like a bank for philanthropy. Mm-hmm. Um, at our core, we work with donors and philanthropists to support charitable causes that they care about. My work in Civic Leadership Initiative is something that came along a lot further into the life of the foundation. Yeah, uh, We were founded almost 60 years ago. We just had our 58th anniversary wow, okay. um, by a group of concerned citizens who wanted to to utilize the resources they had to make our community better. And we were very fortunate that about 33 years ago, a gentleman named John Davies was recruited to be our CEO. um, And he really helped transform our organization. And we had explosive growth under his leadership and expanded to multiple departments. So the primary one um, that I mentioned, Donor Services, Mm -hmm. works with philanthropists or philanthropy-minded individuals to help connect them to the nonprofits in their area. We also have a segment a department called Strategic Consulting Services. So they work with existing nonprofits to help strengthen areas where they might need a little support. And mm-hmm. that could be strategic planning, fundraising, board development. Um, okay. We have an interesting array of services there. <laughs> and then my department, Civic Leadership Initiatives, which we generally say is working on multi-year, multi-million dollar projects that okay. require continuity. Okay. Um, so we regularly partner with mm-hmm. nonprofits like Arts Council, with municipal bodies, state, local, federal, um, to make 
make sure that we are driving forward projects for the betterment of our community, okay. even if it requires working across administrations. You know, yeah. the Baton Rouge to New Orleans train is something that we've had multiple mayoral. <laughs> it's been in the works a long And we're, time. we're thankful to have, have had great advocates in the office, yeah. you know, always about that. But if it was relying upon an elected official to keep it going, then it dies when a term dies. And so we really see ourselves as being that that factor of continuity okay. to make sure that important causes are driven forward. Okay. Um, and also as a collaborator, right? So mm-hmm. Baton Rouge Area Foundation isn't the appropriate outlet to run every project or or every initiative in the city, but we do pride ourselves on asking people to come to the table and, and chatting yeah. about it. And so yeah. we do our best to be effective collaborators. So are we the only city that has this? Or is this something that other, uh, other major metropolitan areas have a version of? Yeah, so there are a lot of community foundations across the United States. Every one of us functions a little bit differently, and I'm proud to say Baton Rouge Area Foundation regularly ranks among one of the top performing community foundations in the country. Um, But I think you'll find that the structure and implementation of what community foundations do ultimately seeks to serve their community, but the execution Mm -hmm. of that can vary a little bit from place to place. All right. Well, Miss Sarah, thank you so much for joining me this morning. It was I can't wait to watch what happens down downtown's a cool place. So if you don't, if you say I'm not going going downtown rethink your position because there's a lot happening down here and lots of fun just take a sunday afternoon and just come stroll around you might be surprised what you find yeah just stroll there's lots to see art and otherwise that's it thank you so much for your time today pam i appreciate you having me on the show absolutely so another fun thing if you're looking for something fun to do this weekend over at the manship theater they're going to have the Family Dinner Theater Troupe is going to do a spoof of Beetlejuice. So while you're watching Beetlejuice, there's going to be lots of interactive, fun stuff. And I've heard maybe a cocktail or two involved in that. So that's going to be fun. That's this Saturday at 730. And uh, if you're not on our uh, email list for our weekly newsletter, uh, you might want to get on there. It, you can register at arts, A-R-T-S-B-R dot org, because our 50th anniversary gala is coming up in January, and you don't want to miss any of the details, and there's going to be lots of fun stuff before and after, so stay in the loop about that and everything else cultural going on within the greater Baton Rouge area. We serve 11 parishes, and we try to keep you up to date and in the loop in all of those areas. So thank you so much for joining us and we will see you next weekend.